This is the number 10 interview. I hope you enjoy. Could you introduce yourself, please? Um, so, hi, uh, my name is Aramide Gillett. Um, I'm 22, nearly 23 in the beginning of January. Um, I'm from South London. I'm born and bred South London. I live in Brixton. I grew up in, like, between Clapham and Kennington, Camberwell. Um, but yeah, South London is very much my stomping ground. Um, God, it's quite funny introducing myself like this. Um, yeah, so I, I'm currently studying textiles at, at Chelsea. I transferred from CSM um, to Chelsea and I'm in second year. Um, and I, I am a knitwear designer. I mean, it's quite. It feels a bit weird saying that because I'm. I'm more of just like a, a player of knitwear, uh, of knitting machines. <laughs> I just like having fun with them, really. Um, but yeah, I love to cook. I love to dance. I go out raving a lot with my friends back when we could, which feels like a million years ago. Um, we listen to a lot of techno, electro-y dance music and trance and ambient stuff and reggae and soul and R&B and bossa nova and like, yeah, I'm, I'm a world music person really. Um, I love nature, I love walking in, <laughs> in woods with trees and parks and um yeah I don't know it's quite I I don't really <laughs> that's a bit of me really um yeah what attracted you towards doing knitwear um so I first got into knitwear I mean I've I've sort of been making clothes and um knitting my whole life I learned to knit when I was really young my grandmother taught me and I also did like knitting classes in my primary school um but actual like knitwear for kind of in terms of fashion um I did this short course at St Central St Martin's um which was an experimental knitwear course um it was three weeks long and they taught us how to use um, domestic knitting machines, and then uh, and then we had to make a garment that was going to be shown in a, in a sort of mini fashion show, um, and it was like it was a summer short course, and I kind of hadn't like I just wasn't really aware that knitwear was a thing that I mean obviously it's like you can go into any clothing shop or you know every single fashion house has an aspect of knitwear like you buy a jumper that's knitted you know t-shirts are knitted technically um but I just I kind of it wasn't on my radar that this was like a thing uh that people studied knitwear as an aspect of fashion design um so yeah I did this short course and that was kind of my introduction um, and I did this short course just before I so I'd taken a gap year um, after finishing my A levels, and so I did that short course in the, the summer of my gap year, um, and then I started my foundation. Uh, so I kind of I started my foundation with this having had done. 
this uh, short course. And that, that March of that year, I'd also done a pattern cutting course at CSM as well, which was sort of what led me into doing the knitwear course because um, I, I was sort of around the school and then I was like just interested in the other sort of things that you could do there. Um, and so, yeah, it was sort of by, kind of by chance, but also like I'd always been into knitting and making clothes. And so it was just like understanding this, this medium that wasn't just simply fabric pattern cutting and draping. It was like, you're actually creating the fabric yourself. Um, so I guess I was attracted towards it because, um, sorry, I was attracted towards it because it was, um, an unusual medium and I guess I was just curious I didn't really know much about it um, so yeah with therapy and so many other ways that fabric are made why do you think knitwear stands out to people um, well I think it stands out because it's so versatile um, you can I mean like woven fabrics are versatile as well but I think there's just this sort of element of craft and like it, it's a bit more kind of, it's, I think it seems a bit more hands-on and it seems a bit more tactile and a, a little bit more personal in a way. Um, I think um, it is, um, oh God, I, I, I couldn't speak for everyone. Um, so I, I don't know why, you know, it's such a, I mean, it's definitely a big trend at the moment uh, funnily enough, I um, I think knitwear has really taken on its own uh, its own part. Like, yeah, it's sort of really at the forefront of uh, what's hot in fashion at the moment. Um, but and I think it is to do with the craft and to do with like, I mean, yeah, crocheting and it's like it's a time-consuming thing and it, it requires patience and an attention to detail um, and discipline and and I think it's people really respect that and I think that there's a real sorry I'm getting text notifications um, I think there's a real um, appreciation for the time that goes into creating garments in this way um, that uh, you know it, it completely goes against the nature of fast fashion um, to make a garment by hand like on a knitting machine um, on a domestic knitting machine you know could take days um, versus a couple of minutes or a couple of hours you know um, so I think um, yeah I think it's probably people um, I think it stands out to people because there's a real sense of craft and appreciation for effort and energy and time. What got you into making clothes? Uh, so I, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a bit cliche, but I've been making clothes for as long as I can remember. Um, my mum gave me total freedom to dress myself from as soon as I was able to sort of pick things out, I guess. Um, it, I've always had that freedom and that uh, that ability to choose and to kind of 
that uh, attraction towards play around dressing up. Um, it was always just how I spent all my time as a kid, just dressing up. Um, I'm an only child, so I spent a lot of time on my own in my room, putting on makeup and having fun with fabric and um, um, yeah, it was always sort of there, but really I got into it because my grandmother, my granny Buffy, she um, she knits and she sews and she's she taught me how to pattern cut and so we would go to John Lewis and um, go and buy patterns and the fabric from this fabrics, this shop called Fabrics Galore on Wandsworth Road. Um, and we'd go home and we'd make clothes together, we'd make dresses, but she used to make me like these little two-piece sets, like cute little crop tops and wraparound skirts, and I've got pictures of me wearing them on holiday when I was a kid, and um, and my my mum's quite crafty too, um, she like knows how to sew and knit, and so it's sort of, yeah, my mum and my granny, it's always been there. Um, but my granny, for sure, she was. She's definitely a big reason as to why I got into making clothes. Um, there's always I've I've grown up and I was brought up with this sense of just DIY and um, seeing something. If you like, if I saw something, you know, we can go home and we can try and make it ourselves. And there's sort of no limit to your abilities. Um, and also. Um, like a movement away from perfection so like things do not have to be perfect like that you just try it and the fact that you've tried it and you've had fun with it and the process of enjoying making something and and just having fun with it is more where the focus lay rather than trying to make this perfectly finished product um so yeah I just I would have fun on the sewing machine at my granny's house and um I would make all my Christmas presents every year, um, and but yeah, God, I've always wanted to <laughs> be, be a fashion designer. I like from when I was really tiny, it was the only thing that I would answer to the question of what do you want to be when you're older. There was a period where I said a shoe designer, um, and then I, I, which didn't last very long because I really couldn't draw shoes for shit like I was so bad at drawing shoes um, so I had to give up that idea but fashion designer is like it, yeah strangely has always 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 been the thing that I wanted to do um, and then I when I went to secondary school I think I just got really embarrassed about the idea because it's sort of like well I don't know I like it just didn't seem like something that was plausible or like I don't know it's like at school every you know the fact of world of fashion is just high fashion houses like Gucci and Prada and or I don't know it's sort of like it wasn't until I came out of secondary school that I re um rejoined the idea of wanting to be a fashion designer so like throughout secondary school I moved away from the idea or just wasn't didn't allow myself to fully think about it um but yeah as soon as I left it was sort of like oh actually I can do this and I really enjoy it and it's the thing that like I loved throughout my childhood and was like inherently part of my identity um but just as a form of expression, it's just like, you know, it's the the thing that 
that unites most humans on the planet um, in some respect. It's like uh, your identity, how you present yourself to the world, how you express who you are, where you're from, what you like, what you don't like. Um, and there's just so much freedom and excitement in that. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's not, it doesn't have to be something that's so serious or so kind of convoluted. It can just literally be, I don't know, it can be whatever you want it to be. Um, I say that in secondary school I didn't, um, I moved away from it, but I, I did find ways of expressing myself through fashion in, a, in, in ways that I wasn't so embarrassed about. Um, sure maybe I was but I I like covered my school bag in badges um and I really stuck out like a sore thumb in that sense my friends remember me walking around looking like a bit of a tortoise because I had loads of badges all over my school bag um and then like other times I'd like I'd sell earrings I'd make earrings and I'd sell them in the playground um so I guess I did do it, but I, it was sort of, I never wanted to say, oh, I want to be a fashion designer, because it just was like, well, yeah, and no, I want to be a rocket scientist. It just kind of didn't seem like something that was kind of a reality um, until I left, and then it was like, oh, actually, you can be a, <laughs> I don't know, somehow, some people do uh, make money, and it is a real job for some people, but... Um, yeah, I guess it, it just wasn't presented as something that was plausible when I was in school. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's always, I've always loved using sewing machines and knitting. Yeah, I love using my knitting machine. But it just was so cool to me the idea that you could take two flat 2D pieces of fabric, sew them together in some strange shapes and that they could be worn, and that they could have colourful patterns that reflected a, a picture you saw the day before, or, you know, a sunset, or, like, or if you're really pissed off and you just want to wear grey and black, like, that, I, it just was really cool to me that you can, every day, change that, and it's, like, it's part of you, and you own it, and... I don't know. All the cliche reasons that people get into fashion, I guess. <laughs> How is your development process for making a new piece? Um, so my development process for making a new piece, well, I, I, so I, it changes. I don't really have like a set method. I guess the thing that I've been doing most is um, going off, I start with a colour. Um, so I'll pick a, a, a colour of yarn um, uh, and I will just sort of start knitting. I, it happens very instinctively for me um, when I was at CSN because I went and studied knitwear, the BA um, degree there uh, and I did first year. Um, but I really wasn't enjoying it because I really, I still started before, I started I think too early for me um, because I wasn't really sure what, and I, what I wanted to do and I know that you go to university to figure it out but CSM is such a sort of fast, place, fast paced place 
um, that I felt a bit like I was always playing catch up and I, I wasn't really giving myself the mental space to think and to figure out what I wanted to do. I sort of felt very under pressure. So my process of making clothes began when I took a year out last year from, from uni and I just let myself have fun and play again in the way that I used to when I was a kid. Um, and so I just, I start with a colour, um, like I'll buy some yarn online and I'll just sort of buy the things that I think look pretty um, uh, without much, too much thought or planning ahead. This was mainly the process that I went, I used when I was making this collection. Um, but yeah, it sort of just starts with a colour and then I, I'll knit it out, I'll knit out a bunch of fabric or like just some I've got so many swatches and um and samples so I'll I'll look through the box and I'll just I'll look at something that is that interests me on that day and I'll try and replicate it and then it just sort of organically changes and shifts as I'm doing it um but I'm I I'm very much like I just sort of knit, I'll knit out and just see how I feel um and then I I drape on the mannequin um, and just see how things flow and fit and I think a lot of the time the colour can influence the form um, as does the material uh, but so it's sort of different each thing on its own is completely like I don't know I, I, I don't often I, d I mean, I, I sometimes I do do drawings, but I don't like sketch out a design with a formula and a plan and say, okay, I'm going to make this because I find that really limits me and blocks me and intimidates me actually. Um, and so I just often really organically just sort of feel it out and get into a groove and sit in the knitting machine and knit and take lots of breaks and go for walks and come back and. I'll just get random ideas and I, I'm really bad at documenting it to show the process um, so that's something I've got to work on but um, for the time being I'm just sort of yeah it's really like a playtime for me um, but yeah the samples my samples box is sort of uh, a, a quite a good place that I document the process because um, it's full of like just all these different techniques um, so I will refer back to that a lot um, but if I am I mean because obviously there are moments where you have to make notes and you have to sort of I have to make like draw out a pattern so I'll get some graph paper and I'll draw out the pattern for the knitting and um, write out you know tension swatches and like um, and uh, how many rows I've knitted. I'll take a lot, I'll write a lot of notes on my phone as I'm knitting, as I'm going along, because um, there's a lot of counting involved with knitting. You've got to count rows and count stitches and know where you've made increases and decreases. So I do make notes, um, but it's just, it's never, <laughs> there's no like set way that I do it. Um, I really just kind of feel it out, which I mean, is good for me right now because I, I'm still very much learning and I'm very much at the beginning of my process. 
I, it would be different if I was like going into production and like trying to sell a whole load of clothes and um, make loads of money but at the moment every piece I've made is one off and is a sample and is an experiment um, and just so happens to be that each of them have worked and each of them are individual pieces on their own that work but yeah, if I tried to like exactly duplic duplicate each piece, I would have a bit of a challenge. But I would probably be able to do it. But if I if I sent the pieces to a factory and got them to recreate it, and like had to make a spec or whatever, then I would be in trouble. <laughs> but it, it's possible. It would be doable. But um, yeah, my process is is uh, is very experimental. Just like having fun with materials, really. It seems like each piece that you've created tells its own story, but is a part of the storyline as a whole. What do you think is the message you're trying to get out there to the public? I guess each piece. Yeah, so it's funny. So, this collection, the clothing that I've made, um, most of it I made during the first lockdown. Um, as I said before, I. Um, I took this year, so 2020, like 2019 to 2020, the academic year, I took off uni. I, I was at CSM not enjoying it, so I took a year out. Um, and then it wasn't until the first lockdown that I actually kind of was like, okay, well, I took this year off so that I can figure out what it is I want to make and what my style is and what, I, what it is I enjoy about making clothes. and to feel confident and to feel happy making again because for a long time I really wasn't um, and so yeah I guess so I just started making stuff <laughs> picking out the colours and just knitting out fabric and using my overlocker and like kind of cheating like I wasn't really very meticulous about pattern cutting or anything. I mean I was a bit but wasn't in the sense of I wasn't knitting out um, pattern pieces and linking them together I was just sort of making shapes and throwing them on the mannequin and hoping for the best but um, yeah each piece um, each piece I kind of I really I'm like a holistic uh, I like rainbows and I like kind of um, I had this idea in mind of like I want to make a full collection that sort of is like a, a, a spectrum of the rainbow or like a spectrum of me really. Um, when I first started making these pieces I was, uh, I was thinking about um, this group of friends that is like made up of some of the younger sisters of my group of friends. Um, sort of like uh, two, uh, three of my close friends have younger sisters who have this little girl gang and um, they're like four years younger than me and but they're just sort of like they're like the Spice Girls in a way like there's quite a lot of them and they're just fucking incredible and they have a lot of fun together and they've been friends for a long time and they just really inspired me for kind of like this girl power gang um, that I know that you know, like I, you know, I, I know them personally, um, 
but I just had this idea of like, well, they go to festivals, they party, they rave, they listen to music, they dance, they have fun, they support each other, they like really respect each other. They're kind of really like badass, powerful women. And they're really fucking young. <laughs> um, they've only, they're only just sort of turning 19. Um, uh, so when I started making this, they were all like eight, just sort of turning 18. Um, and uh, I just sort of, I have them in mind of like each of their personalities. A bit like, um, I'm trying to think of like, TV shows like um Wink was it Winks or like oh, what was it called like um I'm gonna have to look it up quickly yeah it's the Winks Club um but I just yeah like I don't know there was just kind of these so yeah I had this like idea of I don't know seeing each girl with their own colour and each and different pattern and um so yeah, I kind of decide, designed the, in a way, designed the collection with that in mind. Um, but just sort of letting each colour sort of tell its own story. Um, and I guess, yeah, they all sort of fit together because I, I like patterns of stripes and like zebra prints. My friends will know that I love wearing zebra print. Um, so there's sort of things are unified in the sense that I, I am the common denominator because I made everything um, and there's just things that uh, patterns that I'll repeat or like techniques I'll repeat that just mean that everything is coherent um, but yeah I mean that I, there's not much of like a story in terms of like a Point of research that really inspired me or it was just more so like colors and patterns of nature and freedom of the world and having fun and and feeling good and like I mean you know I was making these clothes at the height of the first lockdown where the world had dramatically changed in a very short period of time and we were everyone was spending time in their houses not outside and not with each other not being able to touch and feel each other and hug each other so it was a sort of like I wanted to sort of celebrate the essence of life and um, I'm someone who loves to dance me and my best best friend we go out dancing a lot um, and so there was that 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 was a real thing for me like creating the vibe of like freedom and like being sweaty in the club and just sort of you know your body and your hair and and your skin and like just sort of the sensual thing of like just feeling yourself um and like what it means to be a woman so that that is I guess the real essence of of the storyline of my collection um just yeah trying to feel good and like yeah, it's not like, I don't know, real, like, sort of, I don't know, like, if I could transport myself to a tropical island and just live off mangoes and coconuts and, like, that was, like, the actual dream and to be by the ocean. Um, so, yeah, I was sort of trying to transport myself 
there really um, like the OG green dress um, she's sort of she's the world really um, the world that is under attack and that we're not looking after and that is a finite resource that we've been abusing um, and she should be celebrated you know mother earth is, is the reason we're all here um so yeah very like hippy dippy um, <laughs> collection but it's just things that i was feeling really rawly like you know not uh, not being able to sort of be out in the world in the way that we used to be but realizing that the world probably needed it you know it's like the dolphins in venice but for the first time in years and like these things were really like weighing heavily on my mind in the first lockdown as I'm sure it was for many people um, we were very hyper aware of what happens when human beings stop and we look at our environment and what we're doing to it um, and the beauty that is there that we weren't noticing and weren't like appreciating um, so yeah, it's a real kind of a love of nature, a love of feeling good, of, of kind of hedonism and um, like, I don't know. I mean, I was sort of trying to make like a, <laughs> a collection of what it would feel like if I was to take ayahuasca or magic mushroom, like psychedelics or something, you know, it's like being so in tune of, of nature and reality. Um, so yeah, something like that. What is something that people don't understand about the art of knitwear? I like the last question. What is something that people don't understand about the art of knitwear? Uh, I think I think there are many things that people don't necessarily understand. Um, the first thing is time. How time-consuming this practice is. Um, people, like when I first put up launched my website and put up pictures on my Instagram of the clothes that I'd made um, and then I, I would get DMs of people up, like asking to buy pieces or f for um, commissions or like or the custom pieces um, and which I am in incredibly grateful for and was quite like a very bizarre thing like a, a bizarre amount of attention and like I'm so grateful for that like don't get me wrong that is really really flattering and really incredible and I really appreciate it so thank you for that um, but there was sort of this like I don't know I, I think I just felt like people don't quite realise how much energy and effort is and physical effort you know physically knitting on a machine uses like all of my body muscles um moving the carriage across the machine and it's a lot of brain energy concentrating on a space that's like a meter long or like a, a meter and a half like long it's really not that much space but you're physically moving across this sort of small space so it's kind of a weird movement um and it takes time and energy and effort and concentration um and it's a weird skill it's a weird machine to navigate um it's like uh it's like an 
an old computer that Alan Turing could have used. Like, I, I always think about that. It's kind of, it's like a, a coding system. Um, it's like an analog, or like, no, it's like the origins of digital, like positive and negative coding. It's very strange machine to use. Um, uh, and I, I think people, people don't realize that, like, um, how complex it really is. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, but also I think people have this misconception that it's like just grannies making jumpers, um, and like I think it surprises people that t-shirts are knitted. Um, technically, if you, if you um, on a very 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 like small gauge machine um, in a factory, but that the actual construction of a of the t-shirt jersey fabric is knitted um you could unravel that that thread uh in the same way you could unravel a chunky jumper um and uh i think people don't realize how uh widespread the art is um and how it filters into their everyday life you know every time you put on your underwear in the morning and you put your socks on, uh, you are wearing pieces of knitwear. Um, sometimes, I mean, you know, sometimes they're woven too, but uh, jersey fabric is mostly is knitted. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, there's, there's lots of things. Um, but um, it's, a, it's a pretty, like, I've found myself in this community um, and it's so widespread and there's so many different parts of it. and. I've met people online who who are hand hand yarn spinners um, practicing techniques that um, that predate language itself that orig originate in the Andes in Peru and um, it, it's a really old craft like spinning fibers like of hair of animals into or of like fibers of plants like linen and hemp into into yarn to make things that we can use that human beings use as bags to carry wood from the forest down to their village to make fires to heat themselves to cook their food to to wear clothes to keep them warm um it's like it's a it's it's got great history um and i think people th think it's just a sort of uh, a thing that is for fun or like um, is a bit unnecessary, but actually, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, human beings were also, you know, taking furs and weaving, but it's, it's like, I mean, weaving and knitting is not that different, really, it's just this craft of, of making your own fabric to do things with, um, you know, every day you wake up and you get dressed, you're putting on clothing that, um, that, that has come from somewhere, that, that's been made by someone that has a story that has a history um and i i think uh knitwear reminds people like i was saying before you know why people appreciate it because it, it's a reminder of craft uh and it goes against the this this concept of fast fashion which is so abhorrent and i hate it and it's so unnecessary um but yeah 
yeah, Nitwa is just this time. <laughs> Me and my friends who, who are also knitters just we cry about how much time it can take and how frustrating it can be. Like you can spend all day knitting something and then it can like fall off your machine and then you're fucked basically and you gotta like undo it all and start again and yeah. Just how, and also, but also how relaxing it can be. It's it can be a real therapy. Um, like it's so satisfying. You know, you see string essentially turn into something really beautiful before your eyes, and that is so satisfying. You know, knowing that you've made decisions that can turn a single piece of string into a structure that can do so many things. Like can be put on a pair of nike shoes and it's fly knit you know and i don't know there's like endless possibilities with it um it's a real nerdy thing and i completely embrace that um but yeah i don't know i think um yeah i'm not sure i mean yeah (laughs) i don't know what else i've got to say about that I feel as if there is a change within the way people view clothes and having a more personal relationship with that. Do you feel like knitwear is weaving a change in the industry of fashion? Um, I do. I think that, I mean, knitwear is a massive trend at the moment. Um, uh, linking back to like this sort of craft revival. Um, but I do think it, it, um, it does have um a very clear element of personalization and sort of customization i think with brands like river carlotta who are sort of upcycling old clothes and there's sort of been this like um this big trend in like using overlockers and um um sort of started by Maya Maid and um and i think like using <laughs> knitwear which is like you know sort of soft fabrics and old jumpers and stuff and people sort of repurposing their old old knit pieces and scarves and um but to make them more their own um yeah i think it definitely is playing a part um knit is playing a part in that um yeah i guess i mean because it, it's also How do you think living in London has affected your creativity? Shaped it massively. I mean, I've I've been exposed to um, a myriad of cultures and identities um, my entire life. Um, every place I've been, pretty much, has has been. I've been very fortunate and lucky to um, have gone to schools that were incredibly mixed and um, and you know there were people from all over the world um, and I you know those were my peers uh, and um, yeah I think living in London it's sort of it's incredible it's one of the kind of strangest places to be in a way um, because you 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 can never really quite guess you know someone's story or someone's history um because people just totally surprise you um it's it's quite 
it's a very exciting place to be. I was speaking to my friend a couple of weeks ago. We went for a walk in Ruskin Park and we were sat on a bench sort of looking at the view of London and just saying how crazy it is to have grown up here and, you know, this be our local stomping ground and how many people move to this city and how many people come here and want, you know, wanting to better their lives and start something big for themselves and and this is you know this is where we've grown up this is we've had access to this playground our entire life and how lucky are we um it is um i feel that there's a sort of sometimes can be a sense of responsibility or a pressure um as a londoner to sort of i don't know represent in a way i don't think i feel that that strongly um but I don't know, I guess that can be there sometimes. But in terms of creativity, I mean, because you're just exposed to anything and everything of any walk of life, you sort of can have access to, like, on a personal level, you know, you can go to sort of bars, cafes, restaurants, parks, art galleries, and meet people in these places that probably will have a personal story to tell that is some relation or connection to the thing that you're going to see or you know it's like you can be in an art gallery and s- randomly spark a conversation with someone next to you who who knows the artist or I don't know it's it's um it's it feels it can feel totally like it sometimes you feel like the internet is such an incredible place because you can access absolutely anything um, and sometimes you sort of, I feel like that happens in London as well. I mean, obviously that's limited and it's not absolutely everything, but um, there's such breadth and length here that um, I think if you really want to go out there and find out about something or discover something new, it's very possible to do so in London. Um, and naturally that can help spark and push creativity because if sort of if anything's possible um then where's your limitation sort of thing in the same way that a parallel to that I think that if you are kind of limited and if you are sort of living in a place that's not very diverse or multicultural and there's just sort of one way of being then it almost can make people more creative because they've got to work harder to sort of invent their own world and create a space for themselves in which to exist that's more comfortable and more exciting and you know more um, stimulating um uh so I mean I don't know you know I can only speak I can only speak for myself having grown up in London but I do think I mean I was I've been going to art galleries my entire life um on like every weekend my, me and my mum would go and um like going to music events I was speaking to (laughs) the same friend actually um who she and I this time last year 2020 beginning of the year um just before the lockdown like we were just saying how it's crazy that exactly a year ago um we had something lined up every weekend we'd be going out to a party we'd be going to a different event every single weekend in different places around the city um sometimes out of the city as well 
and that was sort of just our life for a very long time for years of just like every single weekend we'd go out we'd meet new people in different places we'd go out dancing we'd rave we'd you know and that totally totally impacted the way I you know saw the world and people human beings of all different ages and things that we are capable of creating um and just exciting spaces in which to exist um and and since the lockdowns happened I had this very strong sense of what is London without all those things going on within it um it's just a series of roads and houses and it's essentially an extra large village um with not much going on um because it's very hard without those spaces to meet people and to spark those exciting conversations and creative thoughts um so i think london is definitely is the spaces through which people come together um and yeah i i i really i, I miss london you know i've been here this whole time throughout lockdown but i i feel like i've been living in a parallel universe and i i really miss the i miss the exciting london buzz um but it definitely yes to answer the question um yeah it's affected my creativity in a very big way what do you see for the future of netwear <laughs> I see exciting things. I mean, I I'm no fortune teller. Um but I I think it's something that has gained traction big time. Um I think more and more people are applying uh like young people are applying to study knitwear at university. Um I think places like CSM um have propelled this um this uh exciting vision of this pathway into something that's totally new and exciting um and i think people are cottoning on to the the fact that it's a really fun thing to do um and it sort of goes against the grain of traditional clothes making in some ways you know it's not like women like straight women's wear that's like just about making dresses for women i think it it's um knitwear is you know it's a universally um appropriate medium in a way um so i mean knit, like i i can't remember if i said it before but spinning yarn is something that people believe predate predates language itself that human beings have been has been you know creating fabric from fibers for a very long time for millennia and so um yeah i don't think knits going away anytime soon um especially in england because <laughs> it's so cold uh lots of people like to wear jumpers um but yeah i think i i'm just excited i think that craft and i and particularly during this lockdown the number of friends i have that i've seen on their instagrams making stuff that have either been put on furlough or made redundant from whatever other job they had and are turning to creative outlets 
to pass the time and to sort of help enjoy help them enjoy life again um and knitting has been something that's that's been a, a popular option for a lot of people so i think yeah this revival of craft and and this hands-on diy do-it-yourself sort of um approach to to making clothes or just you know making blankets whatever um it's it's not going anywhere so yeah i'm excited and i think it's it's only gonna get bigger and more interesting what advice would you give to fellow young creatives um well this is a big one because i think i i still speak to myself about this all the time um it's not so long ago that i was battling serious confidence demons um and like it's really not been that long that i've been making clothing that i felt really confident and happy and excited about um so i still speak to myself about this sort of thing a lot um and i think confidence is a massive is a massive thing and if you are feeling good about the things that you're making then that's the most important thing um you shouldn't feel that you've got to be making stuff for anyone except yourself or or that um it's it, the consequences are anything other than something that's going to make you feel good and excited about life and i think that goes for absolutely everything um i think creatives in particular um i don't know i guess figure out trying to figure out your process which is an ever-changing thing i think um but learning that your process can be whatever you want it to be it doesn't have to be this prescribed um idea of like drawing in a sketchbook and then doing some research and then going back to your sketch like there's no formula to it um it's completely what you want it to be and that's okay if it helps you understand what it is you're trying to do then that's all it that's all it needs to be and obviously you know you've got to present things to tutors and teachers and they've got to be able to see what you're doing as well um so obviously you know try and make things clear but um i think yeah for me i really got wrapped up in this like presentation or like conveying of ideas to people that I just I didn't know which way was the right way and it took me a long time to learn that the way I find most instinctive um is is usually going to be the clearest way um so yeah I think um, just keep your eyes open don't be afraid to look around and to to see what's out out there and that anything can be a source of inspiration it doesn't have to have an obvious link to what you're interested in or what you're looking at it can be absolutely anything um it can you know and that, it, the link is you you are the person who's made the link and therefore it's relevant um so yeah i think that's that's a big thing that i've held on to i've got the most random pictures and sketchbooks um and you just sort of note down a couple of things of <laughs> why you've put that in there and it can just add to making whatever it is a more holistic thing um yeah god what advice i think um it's important not to confine yourself to a bubble of of people that are only in the same realm as what you're doing um i think it's very easy especially at art schools because you know 
it's I think about this quite a bit that like art schools are separated off from most other types of university you know like if you you can go to a campus uni and they'll have every subject from English to maths to science you know whereas the arts are usually all clumped together in, in one big uni um, and so it's very easy to just surround yourself by like-minded people who are studying the same subject and you know you're you just sort of and I think it's important to speak to people from all walks of life um, who do all sorts of different things um, because they're only going to enthuse your, enthuse your life more with more meaning and interesting um, alternative viewpoints. Um, so yeah, that's quite a cool thing. And I think just have fun. Um, being a creative person is is a really exciting thing and I know it can be very daunting and scary and you can get wrapped up in thinking about is this gonna make me money in the future and am I gonna be able to get a job and I think every creative person worries about that um but I think the main main thing is that you're doing this because you enjoy it and it's fun and it's exciting and it makes you feel good um and if it starts to not make you feel those good things then it's okay to take a break it's important to take a break um and you shouldn't punish yourself for that but you should have fun with it um it's you know playing with different materials different colors different concepts and ideas they're all really exciting things and amazing things that human beings are able to do um so yeah I think as long as you're enjoying yourself and having fun that's really important um, don't be scared to make drastic changes in order to have fun I spent a year at Central St Martins and really didn't enjoy it and I felt like I shouldn't uh, I, when I was there I felt like why would I leave because I've been granted this incredible opportunity to be at one of the top institutions for fashion in the world um, but I just wasn't happy. I wasn't making stuff that I felt good about. I wasn't feeling confident. I just wasn't loving myself. And I felt like the environment I was in played a massive role in that. And so I made a very brave choice to leave. And I felt like I was giving up this amazing opportunity, like I'd gotten into this place, giving up this spot that I probably won't be able to get back, you know? But it's like, I left and I've been so much happier ever since because the pressure's off, um, pressure that I kind of put on myself, um, but, you know, be brave and make those decisions, um, trust your gut, you know, this is just general life advice, <laughs> I don't think this is specifically tailored towards young creatives, but, um, but it can be scary to make those leaps and bounds um especially if you've got people you know warning you against it or whatever i think just trust your gut make make choices you think will will you know benefit you in the long run um you've got to put yourself first especially as a creative i think um because yeah you might not be guaranteed a job so you want to give yourself the best opportunity to have the best time in life and to enjoy every moment um so yes that's that's all thank you so much um for for this interview this opportunity I've, it's been really quite amazing to um 
be this introspective about um, my process and my thoughts and feelings about this whole thing. I think we can get so caught up in um, and just keeping on, keeping on and not really taking a minute to really think about how we feel about everything at every point, you know. Um, so I'm very grateful to have to have been asked to be a part of this. Um, so yeah, thank you very much and best of luck. <laughs>